London Grammar, they're a UK band, female singer with a guitar player, and a guy that does a bunch of electronic stuff. I feel like we play a lot of this style of music in our podcast. Yeah, we might, eh? Female singer, kind of quasi-electronic. Mm-hmm. It's going that direction anyways as of late. Like the Porta's Head, and yeah. the, uh, what did we play? Little uh, Dragon. Little Dragon, same thing. We gotta do Bjork tomorrow then. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever get into Fiona Apple, or is that a little too... No, I remember my ex-boyfriend from high school was shocked that I have never listened to Fiona Apple. We message each other from time to time. Mm. He's like, that's your jam. I would have thought so, too. Yeah. Interesting. I just love this lady's voice. Yeah, it's good. Everything that it do I don't is- feel like her voice is that special. I think the song sounds good, but vocally, she's got such a like deep voice, and then she can go into that falsetto right there. That's mm. not very unique, though. I just could be How anyone. Smooth. Could be anyone. It's smooth. That's Fiona Apple-esque right there. The lower part. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's very short. It sounded like she didn't know if she was going to go low or high. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like the strings, too. That's pretty. I love strings. I always thought it would be super sexy if I could play the cello. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cello would be... uh, That would be one that if I could... You know, choose an instrument to just uh, figure out. Stance. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? It's the stance. Yeah, you gotta wear like a black dress with a huge slit so your leg yeah, is kind yeah, of exposed yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Fine. I mean, strings in general. I love strings. I love, uh, you know, good violins with mm. cellos and the, the whole combination. If you could pick just one and be amazing at it, would it be cello or would it be violin? My sister has an old, like, antique violin that she used to play when she was growing up, and I pulled it out when I was staying at the farm during the first wave of the pandemic last year. So hard. (laughs) My daughter was pretty good at it. She was four. I did not tell my sister she was playing her antique violin. Yeah. (laughs) But I was surprised. What do you mean she was good at it? She's four. Like, she could do it half. She could bring the bow across the strings back and forth. Yes. That's what's good. My uh, my daughter took violin lessons when she was, uh, oh God, what would that have been? Like grade two-ish, grade yeah. three? Is that like, can you go, can you start that young? Can you start younger? Well, you, I think you have to if you want to be really good. Yeah. And did she have to buy a violin? No, you rent one. Okay. We rented one where she did the, the lessons and cool. it lasted like a month and a half because um, it's really hard. Yeah. Really hard. And it it's too hard. It might have been too hard. Maybe she was too young for the violin. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got to start with something and then graduate into that. But. You know what I was thinking the other day? Because of the pandemic and because you can't sign your kids up for any of these classes, mm-hmm. are we going to have a whole generation of people who suck at everything? Because think about anytime you see a star like Sidney Crosby, oh, he's been skating since he was three. Or like uh, mm-hmm. Mozart, he picked up. 
the piano when he was two, you know. We don't have people taking lessons in anything anymore right now. Well, I mean, you do have virtual lessons, but in terms of... But, you know, for instruments, that could work. You could do uh, guitar and piano and stuff if you do it right. Try holding a child's attention with the screen. Like, uh, a young... And you're... I'm talking about somebody being a prodigy and learning from a really young age. Well, you don't need to... First, okay, uh, the hockey example, you don't need to be a star when you're four or five if you're going to be great in hockey. There's lots of people who don't get great at hockey till they're 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was, uh, there was somebody who told like this story about how like the person never even played hockey till they were 12 and just got really good really? quick. I'm trying to remember. I mean, wait a minute. Didn't Michael Jordan like start playing basketball when he was in his later teens too? Really? I think it's just, it's, I mean, obviously you have to have some athletic ability and natural talent. But I think it comes down to just how quick you can pick it up and how, if you're like a, some people are just a sponge. Yeah. And they learn, you know, have you ever met someone who can learn a language in like six months? <laughs> you're like, I, I grew up in Quebec. I still can't speak French properly. And I was surrounded by it for 20 years before I left the province. That's crazy. And it's crazy. Some people can learn French uh, by going to take some classes and then they just have it down. Mm-hmm. Some people's brains just have that part that is uh, is a sponge and sucks it all in and keeps it in. Whereas mine, it's like in one ear, out the other. And so the, the same works for sports and stuff. Now you're making me feel a little bit better. Because like, you know. Even I, Wayne Gretzky says, you know, like he used to love having a break from hockey in the summer to play soccer and do other oh, things. Totally. And that, you know, you end up with this mentality today. It's like, you got to keep them on the ice. They got to play all summer. Yeah. They got to, you know, got to do hockey camps and all this other yeah. stuff. And then it becomes almost too much. I remember being a skating coach and people wanting to excel and get their kids to be at that level. And they were like, what is it all about? When they're that young, it's just about like repetition and practice. Um, Like it's not necessarily about having private lessons. I think it's just about having a local rink in your park. It doesn't even have to be at a, you know, at a rink with a roof on it. Just getting out and practicing every day is how you learn how to skate. But also you can't teach somebody's desire to want to play. And that's something having daughters in hockey and having coached before. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's either in you or it isn't. Yeah. You can't light that fire for someone. You can provide opportunities for them, Yeah. but you can't be like, okay, well, uh, you don't love hockey enough now, so I'm going to put you in four extra days a week. Or you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that fire has to be in you. You have to have that competitive uh, n- nature to want to be faster than the other skater yeah. beside you. Yeah. And so you can have, you know, I used to teach Tyke. It was uh, kids who were like four to six years old. Aww. And it's very cute. But you can tell right away you have two people and one kid's like, you know, doesn't even want to try skating. The other kid is running as fast (laughs) as I can and falling. And you just can't teach that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That desire. I think so. To answer your question, I don't know if there will be like a gap where people aren't as good because of the break that the pandemic provided. But I think what it is, is robbing some people of their opportunity to finish their uh, amateur careers yeah. at different sports. Do you think like if you're, you're if you're 14 when the pandemic hit, and maybe your last two le- years of house league hockey was going to be 14 to 16, maybe you don't go back when you're 17 and play in like an, a more adult based league. Do you think your daughters will sign back up for hockey after this? Because your daughters are like ones in high school, right? Grade nine and grade seven. Grade nine and grade seven. Uh, yeah, I think for sure the grade seven kid Leah will sign up for hockey again. I, I can't say for sure. I mean, Emma's enjoyed it up until now, 
But depending on how long this break is, I mean, mm-hmm. I would assume by next September, end of the month, that's usually when they start mm-hmm. or beginning of, it's usually end of September. When hopefully. Hopefully hockey will be back up and running. I think there's a chance she will, but it's not as a, it's not a certainty. Right. And you it know, was. I'll before. give you another perfect example of people missing out on experiences because they were aging out. That's the big thing, like summer camp. People who are lucky enough to go away to summer camp, there's that window kind of between ages 12 and 16 or 12 and 15 Mm -hmm. or 10 and 15 where you go, you love it, and then if you don't become a camp counselor, you're done. You move on with your life. You're not going to go as a 16, 17-year-old unless you're training to be a counselor. Right. And so that last summer, summer camp was canceled. This summer, I don't know what's going to happen. And after that, I mean... I don't know if my older daughter would. Uh, yeah, she that, might that's get. It. She might get a part time job in the summer. She right? might have missed out on two amazing years of summer camp. Oh, yeah. Well, I have two nieces who are. This is their their grade twelve year in high school. This yeah, is it. Sucks. And they've had no parties. No grad events. No. No like, social life. Zero social life. Zero. Um, no and you know prom. what the best part is about grade. 12, and I think to me in Quebec, it was grade 11 because that was our grad year, mm. was that was the year that all the different segment segmented groups started to come together. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, like those different like, oh, you got the cool kids and then the kids in between or yeah, whatever. And yeah. then people stopped caring about stuff like that and yes. they started everyone hanging out. Yeah. And it's a shame that they may be robbed of that experience of like just joining up with other circles of friends. There's a trade-off, though, and I see that they're spending a lot of time, obviously, at home with their parents. And I know that sounds shitty, but I also think, well, that's really sweet. And they're going off to university next year, hopefully, uh, if all goes well. And maybe they'll look back at the time as being like a super cute special time. Mm-hmm. You know, but I would miss those parties. Remember the parties? They started like, getting good. I ever. <laughs> yeah. They started getting good. But it, just to get back to hockey, Bunnies, you played till you were how old? Uh, it's just before I turned 18. So, and then I got in my car accident. And was the car accident is what stopped you from playing hockey? Uh, but yeah. They, but your, your rep years were going to be over anyway, weren't they? Uh, I, yeah, I stopped playing rep and then I started playing for my college team. Okay. Um, and then I got in my accident, and then that kind of ended my hockey career, my baseball career. But imagine, like, your two biggest hockey years were when you were 16 and 17, right? Were probably, yeah. Like yeah, and your best yeah. years, you kind of peaked probably there. Maybe, you you know, obviously you could have played until you're 80 or whatever. Sure, yeah. But those were, like, league. yeah, definitely the most, the best years, the best team that I was on, for And sure. so I feel really bad for the people who are 15 or 16 now, and they're missing out on their two best years, and they may never play at that level again. Because mm-hmm. that was going to be, you know, the final stretch of their amateur hockey career because they weren't going to make the OHL or they weren't going to be playing. It makes me think of my figure skating career and how like I had a little goal set for myself Mm. and that if it was the pandemic, I wouldn't have achieved it. And therefore, I wouldn't have been able to charge the amount I can charge as a figure skating coach, Yeah, which is a little bit more than, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have had that accomplishment that I got. Or some kids were on the verge of making their rep team. Right yeah. on the verge, and they were just getting there, and then now, like, who knows what happens? Maybe that was the window gone. That's like such that's a the big stuff deal that's too. heartbreaking. That's the heartbreaking part, not the th- fact that you know will there not be another Sidney Crosby? Of course, there will be. There's mm-hmm. always going to be those hotshot kids that can miss a year or have a backyard rink and can practice their skills there. It's the in betweeners. Yeah. Yeah. The cuspers. The cuspers. The one on the cusp. Yeah. 
Even uh, I was thinking about Bundus the other day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? And just like bars, you know, and you missing... Like your you're, final uh, You're years. in your prime, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to remind me. You're in your prime. I know, and it hurts me. I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was doing some math in my head, and like, I was 31 years old when I went to Miami and then France that year, and yes. then I came back, and I, I was slaying all year. I was having the best time ever, and then this pan- pandemic hit, and now- like I'm on the I'm touching 34. 34 is like two months away for me, basically. Uh-oh. And I'm like, where did all the, where did that time go? Yeah, totally. I, I was on one side of 30. Now I'm at 35. Like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. Well, my daughter says she was 13 when the pandemic started, and she'll be 16 uh, ne- uh, next year. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's like in 2022, she'll be 16. She's kind of pushing it a little bit. Right. But yeah. It feels like three years, doesn't it? Yeah. Depending where you are in your life, it it comes down to like important years. You know, for me, it's not such a big deal. Yeah. I get to, you know, spend a bit more time with my kids. I mean, you. Me too. Y- your bar, I, I feel a little bit bad for you because your bar was like totally starting to pop Guys, off right don't... when it started. Like you were busy every night of the week it's by the time sucks. it hit, right? Because we were, we were told by everyone and keep in mind, we had our liquor license for, I think, eight months when the pandemic started. So we yeah. were just open. You're hitting your stride. Hitting our stride. And everyone told us, oh, it's going to be dead. January, February, it just is. It's what happens in the business. Uh, nobody comes out because everyone's got those bills from Christmas. But something was happening January, February. We were just like going up the hill, like on a roller coaster. Yeah, but you had established and, relationships with other new businesses, and they were sending people to you, and you were, we sending, were sending people, people to, them, to them. And it was like this network, and you were in an underserviced area. Like it was the perfect, it was perfect storm, storm of, of like starting a new business. Two of the biggest restaurateurs uh, in Canada, I would say, who both have super successful restaurants in Los Angeles, opened up places. Within like a two second walk from us. Yeah. And they're sending people to us when they don't have enough room for them. Because you guys are, they know you're a cool spot and they know that you, you know, you guys, everyone's scratching each other's back. Yeah, it's awesome. So we were, we were benefiting from that. We were benefiting from people just enjoying the bar. And then uh, the pandemic hit. And now, like, now you don't even know when they're going to be open. Now you show up because you, you're told they're going to be there. And you get to the front door and you're like, hello, is anybody in there? I'm sorry. Tucker came by. Was it this past Friday? I was out by? for a walk, a uh, socially distant walk with a friend. Yeah. And um, we were carrying a coffee cup. Yeah, a couple of travelers. With a traveler to go. And uh, I suggested, I said, hey, why don't we walk towards Mora's Bar? They're going to be open and we'll get a drink to go. We'll get a refill. We'll get a refill. So that walk, that'll be the the prize at the uh, end of the street. Anyone who knows uh, (laughs) Old Town Bodega knows you got to keep your eye on the gram. I talked to you that day. I, I worked with you Friday morning. You said, oh, yeah, we're not going to go to the cabin until Saturday because we're going to open tonight. I'm like, great. So you had told me you're going to be open. <laughs> I show up there. I take a picture of myself out in front of the closed Old Town Bodega, and I text it tomorrow, and she's like, eh, sometimes you just... Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, let me see if I can find what you oh, wrote. It was, it, was a, like, it was such a slap in the face. I know. I was... I, I was you were de- being so, like, pretentious. <laughs> I was doing it on purpose to I know you crazy. were. I know you were just pushing my buttons. I was also a bit drunk, but... <laughs> let me see. I probably have it right, right. here. Uh, well, you just sent me this sad photo of you out front. 
Yeah, yeah. Here I am. I'm like, I'm just disappointed. And you wrote, that's the best thing about the bodega. You never know when it's going to be open. <laughs> like, you're, you're treating it like a selling feature. Like, that is the worst business model ever. It's you never know if they're the going to be open. Mystique. It's part of the mystique. And I do apologize because normally we're open Fridays and Saturdays. But this particular Friday, there happened to be a crazy snowstorm that day that was gaining momentum. Yeah. So we decided at around 10 a.m. that morning that we were not going to open, that people were not going to be walking around. I think we under-anticipated how... Oh, wait, were there others that were left in... Uh... No, I think we under-anticipated how bad the snow was going to be. Oh, okay. So we decided we're going to open on Sunday, which was Valentine's Day, instead of Friday, Saturday. And we had a couple of people who had sent us messages saying they were coming, so we sent messages to them directly. And we also posted, you know, change, uh, change of hours on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't have a sign. We don't have they hours. don't have a sign. We got nothing. No but it's phone part, number. It's you just got to know. You got to be cool. You just got to be cool. I have to say, that's one of the things people love about the place. <laughs> well, that they don't like, know if it's going to be open. They're like, please, don't put a sign <laughs> up. Because they don't, they feel like it's their place. And they don't want more people. They don't want jabronis showing up because they see a sign out front that says pub. You know what I mean? Okay, I'll give you that. No sign, fine. Mm -hmm. Have that be like part of the mystique of the place. Yes. But at least have like some set hours. So when I know I'm going to walk 35 minutes to your place that I'm not going to be like, oh, I guess I'm not cool (laughs) enough to know it's closed today. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's all right. You know, we actually (laughs) bought some hours like uh, a D, what is it called? A decal? Okay, yeah, yeah. That you would put on a window. Oh, that's, uh, We, We bought it. And then I'm like, we can't put that up. That's for losers. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. It, 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 Matt started to put it up and we looked at it. We're like, take it down. Take it down. But just do a cooler way. Do mm. it with like um, that kind of uh, markers you can write on uh, yeah. glass or something. And down like way low in the corner. Yeah, and just be like, this week, ours are. Yeah. I mean, I don't even. Th- Did you post on the Instagram that you were going to be closed that night? Yeah. Yeah, did we you? did it. We posted saying update, uh, our update, just because of the uh, the storm. Uh-huh. I know. But, you know, I have a great friend uh, named Carolina who listens to the podcast regularly. Mm-hmm. She uh, is a talented businesswoman, and she would say she's not, and I shouldn't really listen to anything she says. But she has four barbershops, and she tells me one of her favorite things to do is put a sign in the window that says, Gone Fishing. Because you can't be the business that's open seven days a week and bending over backwards for everyone. That's going to drive you insane. No, but how about just having set hours so when people show up, you know, it's different. A barber's different because I bet you most of their business is reservations. They appointments. Have, they, they take appointments. Yeah. But when you're a business that you just, like if I went to a grocery store and one day it was just closed and they're like, no, oh, we just felt like fucking off today <laughs> and going fishing. And then I'm like, okay, you get this chance. I go again, same thing. I'm never going back there because I'm never sure it's going to be open. It's never worth the effort to go. Matt. I mean, you drive in from uh, from Scarberia yeah. to Morris Bar and it's closed. How many times do you do that before you're like, fuck this place? They're never open. Uh, once, I think. But you know what would be cool? Like, if you want to go that route, if you did something like maybe you had a password. Like, if today you decided that you're going to open today mm-hmm. and uh, Instagram is the way you like to, you know, 
spread the word. Yeah. You have a daily password. So like that's the password to get you in on Tuesday or Thursday, February 18th. And then on Friday, if you decide to open, you have a new password. And only people that know the password can get into the bar. So mm-hmm. then it becomes like... Oh, that's insane. That's a bit elitist. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that would that would piss me off too. I wouldn't want to go. But I, I, I get it. It's a pandemic, and you guys like you're only going to open if you can make a bit of money, and if no one's going to go, it's not worth it. It's so and not I'm worth sure, it, guys. I'm Especially sure after the pandemic, you'll have more routine hours. Structure, yeah. It's just like we we installed like a takeout window. And when it's minus 20, so the, the, it's essentially a garage door that rolls open now at the front. When it's minus 20, like I'm starting to worry about the pipes. The place is freezing. Okay. We got a window open. There's a snowstorm. We, you know, we're trying to keep our staff safe and not have people coming in. And when people come in, they're going to stay and hang and talk because that's the vibe. So the wind, the garage door is ideal, you know. But then people are standing in a line in the snow. We've played with so many different setups and scenarios. Like, how do we do this? How do we make it work? Maybe we have, we're just not set up to have people coming in anymore. It's just like, it's, we can't wait to get back to just being a bar. Yeah. With set hours. With set hours. <laughs> You're not going to run a business with, you never know when we're going to be open. No, That's no. the beauty of it. You're just doing that to. It's just a you're pandemic just screwing thing. With me. And you know what? A local did say to Matt the other day, he said, uh, that's the. That's the question. Is the bodega going to be open? <laughs> you never know. You never it's know. It's like a special treat when, when it, it's open. Yeah, maybe during the pandemic. But thanks for coming I'll check by. ahead. I'll check ahead <laughs> next time. I'll know. I'm going to text you like anytime I plan on going and be like, open, closed. Can I come support you? Check the gram. Check the gram. Old Town Bodega. All right. I can't wait for you guys to be up and running again. I can't oh wait to be God. like just popping in like you I used to. You used to pop in and I'd yeah. be sitting at the bar. Yeah. Remember on a Saturday? I could go alone. That was a nice yes. thing. Like if Deb was like, oh, I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. No one was doing anything. At least I could walk down to your place. Yeah. And I knew like, even if I didn't know if you were going to be there, I'd know somebody there. Mm-hmm. Somebody behind the bar totally. or somebody that I've met on another, you know, you've introduced me to because you got regulars. That's, that's a cool the, kind of place. That's the vibe we want. We want people to feel like it's a neighborhood friend place and you can go drink alone. Those are the best places that you can go have a drink. We have a lot of people that go alone. Do you have a place like that, Bundus, that you go to, that uh, you go just alone? You're not, that's not really your scene, eh? No, I don't really, uh, I don't really go and drink by myself. I do that a lot at home, like on my balcony <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I don't end up at bars. I do tend to go out for dinner a lot by myself. Like oh, yeah? I'll go to a restaurant and I'll sit down and have a meal by myself. I like to do that sometimes. What kind of restaurant would you go to alone? And I don't get me wrong. I do it too. I'm just wondering like what, uh, is it like a fast food restaurant or no, a sit like, down? I, I like, to, like if I'm going to go by myself, I tend to go for something a little more high end, like a keg or like something where I'd sit down and have a nice meal by myself. Mm-hmm. But are you kind of hoping that you're going to like yeah, I'm, pick I'm up I'm the waitress at the bar or something? And I'm, yeah. I'm fucking going after all the waitresses and shit. That's <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I love yeah. doing that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so you're going, you're going along, but with the hopes of the, like interacting with me, leaving with someone. Let yeah. me tell you something. There's mystique about the person who goes by themselves. There's intrigue. Oh, Oh, what's he about? Like, the ladies love that. The ladies love the guy who's confident enough to sit by himself and have a meal, for sure. My first job in radio, um, or second job, I guess, it was like uh, my first year in radio. I worked in Regina, Mm -hmm. 
and I had Sunday nights off and I didn't know anybody. So I'd go to this like bar restaurant alone and just have a couple of drinks because sure. I wanted to celebrate that it was my weekend. Yeah. But you know what? I, um, I'm trying to think if they had a bar. Like I didn't, at the time I didn't feel like I should sit at the bar alone. I grabbed a booth and just sat there and I'd... And this was before smartphones, so you couldn't even like... Did you bring a book or anything? I would have like a, you know, there'd be like that free magazine or whatever they, sure. they have at the front, yeah. you know, <laughs> snapped or whatever their yeah. version was at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it wasn't that great because people weren't coming up to me and no one was there because it was Sunday night. Yeah. The booth is the mistake. You got to yeah. go to the bar. So I, I know that now. Yeah. That way you can interact with different people that are sitting at the bar as well as the bartenders or any hostesses, I, you know. It is my preferred spot whenever I go out for dinner, even with my wife, is to sit at the bar. Yes. Because you know what the truth is? Like my wife and I, we, we're kind of running out of things to talk about. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Like I can sit there and, and enjoy Deb's company. But I enjoy sitting at the bar because then... It's sexier. It, it's more romantic. And you talk to people around you. Yes. I and love, especially a bar that has a corner, like uh, mm. one of my favorite places to go eat is uh, called uh, Eastside Social mm-hmm. on Queen Street. And I only want to go there if I can sit at that awesome corner bar mm-hmm. and then you get people around and you're like, it's like... Uh, it's more communal yeah, that Yeah, it's way. very communal. I enjoy that part of it. Isn't and I, that the thing that sucks about COVID too is like, they're not going to want you to be communal. They're going to want you to stop talking to other people. And yeah. focus on who you're with. They're going to put a screen up there. That'll change. You know that place where we went to and they had that like hidden bar in the basement? Yes. Like Deb and I were sitting in the restaurant part of it at the bar. And he's like, oh, you should come down and see this thing. The bartender's like, you should come down and see this place. We're like, what are you talking about? Because, mm. oh, we got a hidden bar in the basement. If uh, We would have never known it was there had yes. we not been sitting at the bar talking to the guy. Yes. Plus, he was like, oh, you should order this or giving us a little guidance into what we would be the best thing to have. He's a good server. Yeah. Very good. I love that. Well, let's get back into some California soil, shall we? Totally Fiona Apple there. And never yeah, she's got a similar voice for sure. What, uh, how'd you discover these guys, by the way? They had this uh, pretty big song called Hey Now uh, that came out, I don't know, 2011 or 12, something like that. And then they there was a bunch of dance remixes on it. They've done a bunch of BBC radio stuff. Um, you'll see them a lot on YouTube. They're just—they're just—they're a popular band in this in this genre of music, like alternative electronic. Okay, so they've been on your radar for a while. Yeah. Well, they're on my radar now. Yeah, I like it. Well, we really got to do that playlist. Yeah, we do. Where we just do maybe it's just ten songs, and then we update it. You know, it's always changing, but it's like ten podcast songs, just so it's not like. No, I want it to be long. <sighs> I don't want to have to change playlists after uh, eight <laughs> songs. All right. Why don't we just put them all there? Put them all there? Okay. It's just work. I, every day we just add one. I'll the podcast start playlist? I'll start doing it. Because I got... Uh, oh, but you know, we need like a podcast handle playlist. Yeah. Well, let, let's think about it. Okay. Maybe, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll come up with a name. Don't you worry. Thanks for checking this one out. And this life is just a game. Keep on trying it all. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.